Welcome to Far North Tope. This is episode 17, April 17, 2016, with your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Tonight's episode is going to be a special thank you episode, and we're going to talk briefly about cultivation compliance, because that's what I'm starting to get involved in, writing, um, ah, filling an application. Um, things are very exciting right now for GoodSense and Mid Toker. Mid Toker's blend tonight is Power Plant by Good Sense. Powerful sativa leaves you uplifted and happy for your day. For good times, Good Sense. Whoa! Yeah, Good Sense Power Plant. Woo! Um, we, uh, things are gone. We have an address. Davis Road, uh, 20, what is it, 2604 Davis Road. We have an address. We are um, in the cannabis business. Uh, on paper at this point, we still have to get the license from the state. Um, we have to go through the permits locally, borough. I don't see a problem with that. Just have to dot I's and cross T's, right? Get that all going. Um, I know my regs. Um, first of all, I'm going to do some thanks here. We, we got a website going today goodsense.com. I can't believe that the website is available. I am shocked. Uh, think of all the dot coms that have been taken. I looked today. I looked to see if it was available and um, it was. And then I have this paranoid feeling of now, now that I looked for it, that it's gone to some registry and it says, oh, someone has looked for it. Buy it. So now they can't have it anymore. So the combination of good, meaning just a quality product, a pleasurable experience, sense, short for sensimilla, and a sense, the way you feel, it's good sense. It's good sense. It's going to be a good place to shop, a good place to learn how to grow some cannabis for me. Mm. A good place to become mid-toker. With getting that website going, goodsense.com, I want to send a special thanks out to Bill Fikes Jr. He was talking about getting his uh, domain name registered, his uh, free weed, Alaska free weed. I think he's focusing on veteran sites, getting uh, cannabis to veterans. Good plan. Maybe we can do um discount for veterans um, at GoodSense. We're already thinking about doing discounts for medical card holders, um, patients, uh, assistance programs. I've been thinking about dealing with. I don't know how it all works, but we'll we'll figure out things. Um, second special thank you goes out to Nikki Shelton. Met her at uh, THC Club, which I'll send a special thanks out now to Marcus Moors for letting me do one of my first podcasts about um, um, his club. THC, too bad about them, but I look forward to them coming back. I met Nikki there. Um, she was talking about just doing stuff. Just She was giving me uh, kudos for just getting the podcast going. And she obviously seemed like she wanted to get something going too. And now she's got her guitar thing. She posted her first guitar playing. That, took, that was pretty cool seeing her for the first time, just jamming out something she created right then. I look forward to seeing her learn and grow. Next, Kevin Canales. Cannot wait to meet this man. 
um, I hope to meet him, our 420 party. Um, he has, from the very first episode, been giving me um, uh, encouragement to keep on going with the podcast. So, Kevin, can't wait to meet you and toke out. Uh, Frank Turney. Frank Turney, um, he inspires me to speak out his radio personality. Uh, he, hearing him on the radio all the time, uh, talking to him all the time, I'm going to get him on uh, Far North Tokers much more in the future. And then um, finally, before I get into really the meat of this podcast, thanks for a long time, huh? Uh, Dan and Danielle, thank you. We are going to get something good going at Good Sense. We have something going now. Great. Let's just continue uh, moving forward uh, uh, to the future, right? Okay. Now, let's get into compliance. I'm going to be talking about specifically compliance with cultivators. Um, that's what we're going to be starting with first. We figure you need to have the product in order to sell it. We don't want to... If we sell too much and we need to buy someone else's, we can always do that. If we make too much and can't sell it, we can always sell it to some other retailer that's doing better than needs it. That's the way we're looking at it. Um, so we will have the retail at the front, cultivation in the back, concentrates in the backer. Now, let's look at, this is an article from Cannabis Business Executive. This is the top five compliance infractions in Colorado for medical and recreational. The cannabis industry is one of the most highly regulated industries in the world, on par with banking, financial services, pharmaceuticals, and healthcare with regard to the depth and complexity of the regulatory framework. Not only are cannabis businesses subject to state licensing and regulatory requirements, they must also adhere to city, county, and federal. Yes, federal regulations and authorities as well. Operating cannabis business is highly complex, and the overall risk of doing so is significant and subject to many pitfalls. The list we're going to look at right now are the top compliance infractions. This was obtained from the results of more than 300 regulatory compliance audits conducted since 2014. This listing combines both retail cultivation and medical cultivation infractions. And what I was reading from, uh, what is that, Marijuana Business Daily, they were talking about only 30% of um, licensees are even being audited. So if there's 350 audits happening and these are the top infractions there's a lot more infractions going on out there you just don't want to be the one that's caught when it when they show up at your door okay number one the facility does not have a complete inventory of material safety data sheets where the product is used or stored all right get that going um we'll go into further detail as we get down through here number two pesticides are not used in accordance with the pesticide act or pesticide applicators act Three, the facility does not maintain an adequate pesticide application log, document, and record. A lot of pesticide stuff. Four, the facility does not document material changes to the standard operating procedures. Wow. So they'll come in and they'll just say, um, "How have you changed anything here? And they'll look at your plan, and if it won't, isn't the same as your plan, and you don't have record of it, ding. Cultivation facility has not remained under the maximum authorized plant count. Ah, they're growing more than they're saying. So we won't have that issue. We, but small cultivators will. Hmm. I guess Colorado, they have a limit on their plants. We're only limited by space. So whatever you can get fit in the space. Um, 
So that's, we got that. So let's look at pesticides. There have been numerous flower-infused product and concentrate recalls in Colorado. If banned pesticides are found during mandated testing, the state may issue a recall. Product recalls are costly as the items must be pulled from all locations and taken back to the originating licensed premise. At that point, the recall product is placed under administrative hold and is eventually destroyed. The documentation of application of pesticides during the cultivation process is another common area of noncompliance. Each time an application of chemicals or pesticides occur, Detailed information must be logged regarding the application, chemicals involved, approved applicator number, employee who administered the application, and so on. Records, 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 right? Noncompliance in pesticides is one of the most heavily fined violations in Colorado. The average fine amount assessed by the state's Marijuana Enforcement Division on all cannabis businesses in 2015 was 21000 with many businesses fined 50000 or more. Cross-contamination. Cross-contamination occurs when marijuana products, flour, shake, joints, concentrates, etc. are not handled with sterile procedures. This can occur, can occur if any food products or non-sanitary items are near or around areas that process or sell marijuana. Contamination can also occur when marijuana product is handled by individuals without sterile gloves or tongs. Technically, if any marijuana product is dropped on the floor, it should no longer be fit for consumption due to potential issues with contamination and contact with the floor. Oh my... How many times have you dropped smoke on the floor? Um, there is no five-second rule with nugs. If you could scrape shake out of the floor, you would. Pick the hair out, right? Okay, that's kind of funny. Drop product should be tracked as waste and properly disposed of in accordance with regulatory guidelines. Something as simple as a bag of chips or an open container of food near a product processing or point-of-sale area can constitute a violation. That's one thing. I, I wonder how much the owners are allowed to just take out of there and just smoke themselves test what are they allowed to use as testing test the product they have to pay for it wonder okay here's that standard operating procedures changes cannabis cultivators in most of the 23 legal states plus dc are required to create and maintain standard operating procedures addressing numerous aspects of operations these procedures can be quite voluminous and complex some states require food service certificates and industrial hygienist inspections to create edibles and concentrates Effectively maintaining standard operating procedures requires change, tracking logs to monitor the evolution of the document and ensure the most recent version is accurate and available for regulatory authorities. A task that can seem like paper pushing, but a critical component of compliance. Savvy cannabis business owners utilize the detailed documents as a foundation for training and monitoring employees. It's a privilege to cultivate, manufacture, sell marijuana. The value of an operational license and long-term success of the business is intimately linked with regulatory compliance. That's my job. I'm going to make sure everything is being in compliant. That's the good defense. The offense is having a good product. Defense is going to be being in compliance. Full holistic compliance for each license will help businesses obtain bank accounts, attract investors or partners, establish good faith with regulators and community members, as well as significantly reduce the risk of fines, ministry of actions, and possible closure of the business. Just five in this industry, compliance must be viewed and embraced as a strategic advantage. Yep, I guess I am. Um, it has to be viewed as a defense. Same as you're going to have an offense of having a good product, good sales plan, marketing, location, location, location. You need to defend all that. And by defending all that, that is what compliance is. One of the things we have to make sure is we train our employees. They have to make sure they're being compliant. If they're messing up, that can cost us because we didn't train them well enough. Handler cards coming out soon. Uh, everyone's going to be taking that class. A lot of money right there. 
one of the big issues with compliance is many people are coming out of the dark, coming out of the black market. And uh, you have to be careful of your use to breaking the law. And you just let a little slide, push a little bit. You know, you don't report this. You don't track it when it's this high. You don't um, report your waste. You pick it up off the floor. Um, Used to breaking the law, it's going to be easy to continue to break the law. But with compliance, you could be shut down and you waste all this time, work, energy, and future success. Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tech. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud, 